Hey, everyone. I'm Julie Gumlock, host of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. So today, I have uh, my good friend, Molly Reed, came in um, on the show. She is a resident of Alexandria, Virginia. Um, she's been here for 26 years. She's a mother of an 8th grader and a 10th grader in Alexandria City Public Schools. And she started the group Return SROs to ACPS. SROs, of course, stands for School Resource Officer. Um, she started it in September of 2020 when the school resource officers, these are the police officers in the schools, uh, were taken out of the schools and the community of Alexandria saw an increase in violence in the schools. So she's been working really hard uh, to bring those SROs back. Molly has an interesting story, though. She had a really tough childhood. She'll tell us a little bit about that. And um, I think it is, I think she would say that it was her tough childhood that really gives her sort of the fire in her belly uh, to fight for other children's safety um, and education. So excited to introduce and really bring on my, my friend Molly. Molly, thank you so much for joining me today. So glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So Molly, you know, you are a hero in my community to an awful lot of parents. Uh, you started this organization, Return SROs to ACPS. I, I mentioned that in the in the intro, and I don't think you know. You know certainly here in Alexandria, you're sort of famous for that. But for listeners, this has been a really tough issue for city residents, and certainly uh, for residents who send their kids to the public schools. Um, just tell us a little bit about that organization and how it's going and sort of the status of SROs in the in the schools. So, um, well, they, they, um, the city council overrode the school board um, and the principal, um, the, even the superintendent of Alexandria City Public Schools. City council um, voted to uh, defund the SRO program. So it was all part of defunding the police and that's where it all started. And um, of course the city council decided to not listen to the principal, not listen to the superintendent, not listen to the school board and, um, and, and, and pull the uh, school resource officers from the schools. I mean that they certainly didn't pull the police officers from their city council meetings. Uh, there are still, you know, police officers there right. at every city council meeting which makes no sense. So they decided to affect our children first. And um, so I just got very concerned. I uh, went and gave a school board speech uh, September 8th, uh, 2021. And, um, you know, that was just a couple of weeks after, uh, after they had pulled the, you know, after the school year had started and um, with no school resource officers. Um, you know, I gave a speech and it was just, I mean, it was just everything about it, you know, to the school board, uh, you know, to city council. I mean, it's just, it, 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 it was just appalling that they decided to do this. So when they did, um, uh, violence started escalating at, um, Alexandria City High School. And, um, and you could see that it was spilling over outside of school into the parking lots. Um, you know, there's a, uh, a shopping center adjacent to, um, uh, the high school and apparently, uh, there was a scuffle in the school 
and uh, they walked out and a shooting occurred in the parking lot of, you know, of a high schooler. And uh, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, so everything just went crazy and I just started becoming, I just wanted to, you know, make a difference. And uh, I just was, I just felt so strongly. So I just started posting on social media that I was concerned about, you know, the, uh, the uh, lack of SROs, the removal of the SROs and, you know, what was going to happen. Uh, you know, the, the kids had not had, you know, they'd been out because of the pandemic, you know, so they had some issues with, um, uh, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I guess the social issues. Yeah, of course. Uh, I guess some people, some people had been in their houses for, you know, a year locked up some of the, you know, and they're teenagers, you know, so, yeah, um, so, so they come into the school and, um, you know, the violence escalated. So I, started posting on social media that I was concerned. I started getting videos from many people of these um, fights at the schools. And then the superintendent uh, came out with uh, a directive saying no more videotaping at schools. You know, I think oh, they were very concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Very concerned yeah. about, uh, you know, well, about the publicity and what was being said. Well, exactly. You know, and and thought- let's, let's be clear. Let's be clear, clear about that. Okay. Because, just like no more. I love that that's his concern, like not actually getting control of the situation. Right. But please don't advertise that our school is completely out of control. And I out myself am not in control of the situation. So, uh, it, and well, exactly. These videos. Yeah. Yeah. These, but, but, but I want to say more things. These videos are part of the reason that your group got started and that parents were actually aware of how bad Absolutely. it had gotten. Right, because nobody, uh, because the school is not communicating with the parents at all, zero. And and whenever I got a couple of these videos and I was able to share with different people, I think that's whenever, you know, the whole city decided like, oh my gosh, this is out of control. We have to do something. We we need to be concerned about the safety and security of our, our students, you know. And then, so I, that's how it all started, just with a social media post and then getting videos and then sharing with people. You know, I met with city council members, uh, uh, you know, had virtual calls with city council members uh, because we were still sort of in a lockdown and um, uh, talked with them. uh, You know, and and, and, I mean, the only the ones that were pro SRO that wanted to maintain the safety and security in our schools, you know, and then. um, Molly, I I want to. But Molly, let's just talk about those city council members. okay? the ones that are really (laughs) dug in, the really, really dug in ones that. really refused even to meet with you and I think at first I think later on you might have had communication with them just just answer a quick question like we're talking to and again this is I don't want to get too hyper local here because you know we have listeners you know from all over the country but you know Mm -hmm. this is Alexandria Virginia and we have two council members named Canick and and another one named Chapman do they have kids in the public schools no, no, no. <laughs> Canik does not even have a children, does not even have right, children, right. is not even from this area. He's from California. And then uh, John Chapman, he uh, has just an, uh, a toddler, and uh, and he did not attend public schools. He did grow up in Alexandria, but he was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, blessed enough, I guess, privileged enough to go to uh, a private school here in Alexandria. So yeah, uh, which probably no. does have private security. <laughs> right. It, it's, I'm certain they're not having the brawls that um, we were having here in Alexandria at our public school in Alexandria. Definitely not. So, 
Um, you know, I, yeah, I so, feel like in the, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, so I just, you know, so it just, I, I think that, you know, they they don't even know, you know, they haven't even, those two council members, I, I, I mean, I wonder if they've ever stepped foot into a public school. Just the middle school alone, you know, has, I mean, 400 children in seventh grade, you know, or 400 children yeah. in sixth grade, yeah. 1,200 students, just the middle school alone. And any parent who's even walked into the middle school at uh, when they change classes, it's it's pretty overwhelming, you know. I mean, anything yeah. could happen in those schools. It, you know, they don't have metal detectors. Um, no, it certainly was overwhelming for my, you know, my 50 pounds soaking wet uh, uh, right. sixth Absolutely. grader who started at that middle school and who would come home not only with this really interesting vocabulary of words that he was called <laughs> that day, but also... Bruises from being shoved onto the ground because the school is so overcrowded. This is, let's be very clear. This I don't know exactly when this uh, school was built. I, I believe it was probably around the 30s. It certainly has an art de- Art Deco sort of style. So I'm not sure if it was the 30s and 40s. This is an extremely extremely small school for 1,200 students. And and uh, and my son was regularly. Uh, and again, I you know. To, most of my most regular listeners know I, I pulled my children out of this school, but I have friends like you whose children are in the high school now, but certainly went through the the middle school. We sort of all know, we all sort of like wink at each other because we know, like, oh man, I need to revive the middle school. This uh, this this building has like you know asbestos. It's constantly the kids are constantly evacuated because of gas smells and gas leaks. There's Correct. you know half the water half the water fountain are shut down because of contamination. My son saw rats in the building I mean that it's just it's so gross and of course you know but Hutchings the superintendent makes three hundred thousand dollars a year yeah roughly I mean it's like you know base salary and benefits you know he's he's high on the hog and then you've got the city council members who went through private school or aren't even from here who don't really care about the massive problems and of course at at uh at at, at the um, city hall, they call it central office. It's so, it, it always strikes me as so sort of like, you know, central office. Like, you know, uh, like I feel like the, Ru- <laughs> the Russian anthem should like play behind, like the Soviet anthem should play behind. It's like central office. They are so top heavy. They have so many staff. Very, there's not a lot of teachers, certainly not a lot of paraprofessionals. The, the, um, the the special ed situation is a disaster in Alexandria, Virginia, and yet we have like you know there's like 15 random assistants. I mean, you should see. Yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm taking over the interview here, but I mean, my God, the PR yeah. section. There's like like what 40 right. 40 people yeah. in comms. Um, yeah, and of course, you know, I, I get it. Enough. They got a, they got a tough job to make you know Hutchings look good. That's that's no easy job, but. It is just astonishing to me what we deal with in this extremely wealthy community and Correct. the amount of funding. It's $18,000 per child, $36,000 per IP, IEP student, special needs student. Correct. So this is a wealthy district. And the fact that not only are not, they not fixing the sort of structural problems, but then to strip the schools um, of, of the SROs and see this massive uh, sort of spike in violence. I, I'd like to know the status. I know that there was some like the the because of your efforts, because of your efforts, one woman's efforts. I love I love that. Estros um, were brought back into the schools, but they're out again. Or what's the status now? No. Okay. So yes, they were brought back in, and then uh, December just before. So they uh, just before December, um, a former student. 
at the Alexandria City High School, which used to be, which is formerly known as T.C. Williams High School. Um, A former student uh, uh, made an allegation, filed filed a complaint with the police, Alexandria Police Department, saying that uh, there were some inappropriate texts back and forth between she and another and one of the SROs when she was at school there. So, and I believe, I, I don't know for sure, but I believe she's been out of school for two years. So I, wow. I, I just, it, I just wonder why, you know, I mean, there was a yeah. time when we went through this whole Me Too movement, you know, we were encouraging people to speak up about, you know, things that had happened, all these ladies, things, speak up about things that have happened to you that, that are inappropriate or, you know, rapes or sexual assault or right. even, you know, sexual misconduct at your work or your yeah. school. And, and and we didn't hear a peep from her until we until the SROs were put back in the schools and things calmed down and uh, you know we were getting back to hopefully trying to educate our children and uh, so now they've removed the two specially trained SROs I and mean, it's a special training you have to go to to learn uh, you know you learn other techniques I mean de- de-escalation techniques for teenagers you know there's I mean there's rigorous training that they go to to, to to um, be special specialized as an SRO, qualified as an SRO. So they were um, put back in the school doing well. Now they've been pulled the beginning of December, of course. No, again, no communication from Alexandria City Public Schools to the parents. So none of the parents had an idea. The only way uh, I even found out was a, uh, a, a news story, a local news story uh, posted this, and uh, a news local news online news source. And uh, so I started doing some research, contacting the, um, I contacted the principal, sent him an email, sent him two emails, no response, sent an email to the superintendent, uh, you know, with the uh, high school principal and uh, uh, CC'd on it. And I said, uh, you know, I want an answer. I have people that are asking questions. People want to know. We're parents. We deserve to know what's going on. Where are the SROs? What are you doing? In lieu of the SROs, if you've removed them, it, you you have off, police officers there for safety and security. Didn't respond, didn't respond until Christmas break. I finally, after sending several emails uh, and telling the superintendent, because the superintendent uh, brushed me off in an email and said, oh, you know, Principal Ballas from Alexandria City High School will respond to you. Well, he never did, so I sent uh, Dr. Hutchings back, uh, the superintendent back in email and said, well, he didn't respond. He hasn't responded. The kids go back in a few days. I want to know what safety and security measures are in place. And, um, you know, and so um, finally I get a message from Ballas, Principal Ballas, and he said that, um, uh, yes, we do have police officers in, or we do have p- police officers uh, do at the same in the same area. It was a very general email, and so I sent yeah. back an email and I and I said, "No, I want to know: Are there police officers inside the building? I don't want police officers. If you see these fights and you see the videos of these fights, I don't oh, want yeah. police officers in, in the per, uh, the perimeter of the parking lot. I don't want them across the street. I want yeah. our schools. I want safe learning spaces." For everybody in Alexandria, uh, Molly, that's, we, that's my deal. Molly, we are running up against the clock at this point, but I do want to ask one 
additional question, and this is really about you. Um, you know, we are friends. We're good friends, and, and I know a bit about your background. Um, and, you know, I mentioned this in the intro. Um, you know, I know you had a tough childhood, and certainly, I, you know, it's, a, it's up to you how much you want to disclose. But has that part of your life, of your history, of your childhood really made you a little bit sort of more concerned about kids' safety in terms of from abuse and from physical abuse and mental abuse, uh, verbal abuse. Um, it Has that sort of lit a fire under you when you saw kids facing this danger? Tell me oh, how absolutely. your own yeah. really struggle growing up in, in a pretty – you have a, a pretty compelling story um, has sort of in, made you turn into sort of this accidental activist. Right. Right. Yeah. I never wanted to be an activist. I, I don't even, I don't even, you know, I don't even, I, that term, I don't know. It just, it just disagrees right. with me, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I grew up, um, you know, uh, we were, I grew up with a free, free lunch tickets. We grew up, you know, going to the food banks, you know, we got evicted. My father was not present. Uh, I think, uh, you know, my father, uh, drove a diesel truck, was absent for three weeks at a time. Uh, looking back, I'm certain that was on purpose. Uh, you know, my mother was abusive, you know, she, uh, she got pregnant with me, uh, and then always blamed me for having this, you know, yeah. terrible relationship with my father and, and made it very right. clear, you know, it was, your, this is your fault that, you know, your father's not here. You know, my father had, uh, you know, m- extramarital affairs all over the country whenever he was traveling in uh, a truck and, you know, and my mother was very abusive, hated me, hated me as Aww. a child, you know, would make it very clear. And that's, you know, I mean, school was my saving grace. I wanted to get, I wanted to go to a, I mean, we had right. safe schools where, where I grew up. It was my saving grace. You know, the teachers, you know, looked after me, you know, would, uh, I mean, I, you know, they would call child protective services and child protective services would come out and, um, you know, without, I mean, that's why I think that everybody deserves, you know, first of all, I think academics, Education is key to escaping whatever kind of environment you're in. That's what's so great about the United States of America. You can work hard and you can study and get an education and, and better yourself. And, and, but, but we need to start by making sure that it's a safe place to learn, you know, that just to make sure right. that, uh, you know, that if somebody else out there and, you know, it, I mean, you know, I'm a Caucasian girl, you know, people would not even imagine that I had such a terrible, terrible, terrible no, in fact, childhood. They, in, in fact, they would call you privileged. I mean, you are a yeah, privileged simply because of your skin color. Correct. And that's, and the, and if they only knew and only uh, knew who I, how I grew up and where I grew up and saw the, the different homes that we had to live in, you know, that, uh, you know, barely habitable, you know, and, uh, right. uh, I mean, it's just, you know, and to know, I mean, I've, you know, I've gone hungry for two days at a time, completely right. hungry. You know, I clearly remember being in third grade and we were living in a motel because my father had moved us to East Texas and we were living in a motel for a month and, uh, he was off driving his diesel truck and, you know, I mean, so we had, we ran out of food and money and, and I clearly remember just drinking tap water for two days. Um, oh. you know, I mean, so there are situations like that, you know, but that's why we don't here in, in city of Alexandria, certainly there are 
children that are getting, you know, their only meals to eat at school. And certainly there are children that are being abused by their mother while their father isn't present, you know, getting the, you know, what beat out of them at home. And and so don't they deserve a safe place to come from? And, 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 you know, the second topic is education. You know, we need to work on our academics because, uh, because again, academic, you know, education is key, you know, it's key to, to making a, yourself a, you know, a better person. So, uh, yeah, so Molly, I think you are, why, you know, why I continue the fight and do what I do. You know, I just, I just want everybody to have a safe learning space here in the city of Alexandria. Well, I will tell listeners, Molly is also well known in Alexandria for being one of the nicest people, <laughs> most welcoming, most, most cheerful, joyful uh, people. It's absolutely contagious. I'm in a better mood now after talking to you, Molly. I'll I love it. Your, yeah, your story does sort of uh, break my heart a little bit, and I'm 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 so glad that you're here. Uh, at you, you know, using your experience as a child and your your experience, you know, really suffering as a child to to help other children. It's so important, and I'm really grateful for you coming on the podcast uh, to tell your story and keep fighting, Molly. You know, I'm always on your side, and will do what I can to help you. But it's it's great to talk to you today. Thanks so much for coming. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thanks everyone for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get Bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening. Thank you.